The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Today, we have a fabulous guest who's going to be talking about leading for results through strategic partnerships, increasing resource development efforts by cultivating strong community relationships. Michael Johnson, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thank you uh, so much, Dr. G, for um, having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Also on the line today, we have our co-host, Jenny Fermer, Associate Executive Director of Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services. Jenny, so glad to have you in the seat co-hosting with me today. Thank you, Cheryl, and welcome, Michael. Hey, thank you. Thank you all. Yes, and always exciting to have our associate producer, Valerie Wright, on the line. Valerie, hello to you. Hi, Dr. G. Yes. Good to be here. Good, and Valerie is the CEO of Right Ideals Unlimited. Both Valerie and Jenny are based in um, West Palm Beach, Florida. So, Valerie, I'll um, be looking forward to kind of hearing from you. The emailed in or called in questions from our listening audience. Listening audience, we're inviting you to light up those lines for Valerie and uh, either send her your emails or call. We'd love to hear your voice on the air as well. So join in on this conversation. Valerie, can you give them the information for them to use for calling in? And I think we actually slightly changed our email address. Jenny, do you happen to have it ready, the email address? I don't have it with me, but I can find it. Okay, great. You'll look for it. And I think in the meantime, uh, the the old one probably rolls forward. So, um, Valerie, can you please give the call-in information? Sure. The number to call for questions is 1-866-472-5790 or the email uh, dr.g@innovisions.org, and that's I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S. Wonderful. Thank you, thank you. And, Jenny, um, if you have that new address, uh, feel free. You know what? I bet it's on our e-card. Let me take a look at that. It is. It's a Leadership Matters at Innovisions.org. Again, that's Leadership Matters at Innovisions.org. Either of those will get you to Valerie and get you in on this conversation. So, again, we will look forward to uh, hearing from you. Michael, before we get too deep into the conversation, we'd love to have you just introduce yourself and say a little bit about your connection to this topic and working with public and nonprofit organizations. Absolutely. Um, just to share a little bit about myself, uh, I grew up uh, in public housing um, in Chicago. Uh, grew up in uh, Chicago Housing Authority and um, was a product of uh, Boys and Girls Clubs. And um, I have committed uh, the last 20 years of my life of serving uh, young people 
um, in at-risk communities. And so um, I ran out the school programs for Chicago Public Schools, worked with uh, Secretary Arnie Duncan um, when he was the, um, uh, the number two person at Chicago Public Schools. Also worked with a guy by the name of Paul Vallis, who was probably one of the most respected urban school superintendents in the nation. Uh, when he was the superintendent of Chicago Public Schools, I followed him to Philadelphia, uh, and we helped to turn those schools around. He then went to New Orleans. My wife did not want to move to New Orleans, uh, so I stayed in Philadelphia and was a commissioner for uh, Parks and Recreation and ran one of the largest uh, parks and recreation uh, programs in the country. And then four years ago, um, I became uh, the CEO uh, for Boys and Girls Clubs of, of Dane County. And so um, I have committed my life to serving young people, uh, to ensuring that young people have the, the support that they need. And um, one of the reasons I'm really passionate about this work, um, I was a kid that you know grew up in the projects, uh, got an opportunity to go to college, got kicked out of college because I couldn't read and I couldn't write. Um, at proficient levels, and it ended up taking me eight years to um, graduate with my bachelor's degree. It took me four years um, to get an associate's degree because I had to take two and a half years of uh, preparatory courses before they even allowed me to, um, uh, before they even accepted me into uh, Malcolm X College on the west side uh, of Chicago. Once I got my reading and my math down to par, um, my uh, getting my bachelor's degree and my master's in business and about 20 other certifications in fundraising and human resources was pretty much uh, a breeze. And so um, I want to make sure through the work that we do at Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County uh, that we're educating our young people, that we're creating strong partnerships that's going to ensure the success of our young people. And at the end of the day, that our kids are graduating from high school and that they're receiving a post-secondary um, education. Uh, we cannot allow kids to come into, and this is all across the country, we can't allow kids to come into after-school programs, come into our faith-based organizations, let them have fun, let them shoot pool, let them play basketball when our babies can't read and they can't write. And so um, in Madison, Wisconsin, we have... Uh, raise a significant amount of money and will continue to raise a significant amount of money to ensure that we invest in resources uh, in our kids so they can grow up uh, to have bright futures. Wonderful, Michael. Michael, I'm going to ask you just to share a little concretely, and I've heard a little bit of this, but would love to have you share it. What are some of the um, collaborations that you have with the schools? And when you talk about raising money to invest in the schools, Talk to me a little bit about that collaboration. Yeah, we have a great um, collaboration with our local school district here. We run the largest uh, college preparatory program um, in our county. And, in fact, um, we're not talking about a couple dozen kids. We're talking about close to 1,000 kids. Um, we have had um, 100% graduation rate um, for the seniors that's in our program with close to 85% of our kids being in college. And so let me put this in perspective. Uh, in my county, uh, we have the largest racial achievement gap in the country outside of Washington, D.C. Um, African-American boys are graduating at 50% at a 51% rate. Uh, we're in a school district where only um, uh, 36% of our kids can read you know, at proficiency. We also have one of the largest uh, incarceration rates among uh, African-American men. 
uh, ages 25 to 29, more than 47% of them are either in jail, probation, or parole. So when I took on this assignment, uh, we met with close to 500 people, and we asked the community to uh, share with us what they thought the new strategic direction of Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County should be. And the common theme that we heard was that we needed to invest more in the academic support um, of our kids. And so we have a partnership uh, with our school district. We have tutors that's in the classrooms every day working with our teachers. We have full-time staff in our schools working with the teachers during the school day, after school, and on weekends. And we run a program called AVID. AVID is in uh, 4,500 schools throughout the country. We're the only boys and girls club in the nation that actually runs this program in partnership with a local school district. And the goal ultimately is to get these kids to graduate from high school and to go to college. So um, our kids uh, is part of the school's curriculum. We have a data sharing agreement with our local school district. We expose these kids to uh, or our kids to uh, different colleges and universities throughout the year. We find our kids internships. We find them jobs to make sure that we can expose these kids to um, careers uh, early on because the fact of the matter is a lot of kids, even my son, um, uh, when you ask kids, what do you want to be? It's the typical thing. I want to be LeBron James. I want to be Lady Gaga. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. But what does it take to get to that point? And what roadmap will it take for you to get to that point? And if you can't read, if you can't write at proficient levels, those dreams are not going to become uh, a reality. So we raise um, about one point, for all of our educational programs, about $1.8 million per year that we invest um, in our schools. And we pretty much have shared with our school district is that, hey, here's the deal. Uh, we need to come up with uh, shared outcomes that's measurable. We need to have a third-party agreement with our local university so uh, our local donors are not taking your word or my word, but we have a, ret- a reputable institution like the University of Wisconsin that can um, assess how our kids are doing. And for four years in a row, Boys and Girls Club kids that's in this AVID TOPS program, our kids' GPAs are higher, their attendance is better, they're taking more rigorous courses, uh, they have less behavioral problems. And then I can then take that data uh, and say, go to the community and say, we need you to invest more, and here's the return on your investment. It's we either invest now or we invest later. And, and here's some data that's startling. Uh, UCLA did a study that showed if you can increase graduation rates in your community uh, by 10 percent, you could reduce crime by 20 percent, and particularly murder uh, and assaults. And when you look at the money that we spend in our educational system uh, on a national basis, $4,000, $5,000 a year to educate a child, but we spend $30,000, $40,000 a year to incarcerate a child. And then for every child that does not graduate from high school, um, you as taxpayers are going to pay $230,000 over that young person's lifetime. And so I think we have to, uh, this country have to continue to invest in our young people. We have to inspire them. We have to work in our schools and support 
our public school teachers. We have to hold them uh, and our school superintendents and our principals accountable. And as nonprofit leaders, we have to do everything that we can. Pick no bones about it. We have a board. I have support staff. But as the executive director of my organization, I am the chief fundraising officer of my agency. And it's my responsibility to ensure that our kids get the resources that they need. And whatever it takes, like right now, I'm at a fundraiser right now, the statewide Firefighters Association is doing a fundraiser with us at a golf outing. And I actually walked away to come and do this interview. And you have to rally uh, your community around our kids, and that's what we're trying to do here in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, so I think you said a zillion mouthfuls. That was a lot of great information and a wonderful case study on partnership between your local school district, yourself as a nonprofit organization and even the benefits as it relates to law enforcement in our general community. I commend you, Thank you for your perseverance, your own personal perseverance in your own life, as well as the passion that you bring to the Boys and Girls Club of Dane County. I want to hear um, more when we come back and ask you um, some specific questions, but also want to hear a little bit from Jenny and Valerie with regards to if there's some thoughts that are triggered from what um, – Michael has shared or just your own experiences relative to, you know, things that will help our listening audience become um, better at or have some ideas on how they might uh, be able to engage the um, nonprofit arena, the public arena in ways that really helps to create um, improvement in our communities. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? 
Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're excited because we have wonderful information that we're being informed on from Michael Johnson. And Michael is the CEO at the Girls and Boys Club in Dane County. Michael, thank you so much for all you've shared thus far. Looking forward to hearing more from you. Absolutely. Yes. And Valerie, our um, associate producer, is also on the line. She's waiting and listening for those emails and calls, so please just um, send them on in. And we also have on the line our co-host, Jenny Firmer, Associate Executive Director of Alpert Jewish Family Community Services, Okay, I just gave you a whole community, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. You're my collaboration. You're part of the community. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jenny, for being on the line as well. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So we, before we went to break, uh, Michael was really sharing just a fabulous collaboration that he has formed with the um, school district there in Dane, or I should say in Madison. Mm-hmm. And then um would love to give Jenny or um, Valerie, I don't know if you have any thoughts that came up, anything you want to share in, re- in uh, reaction to what Michael has shared, either of you? Well, the, the, I'm going to jump in here, Valerie. The thing that yes. really strikes me is, besides your passion, um, which is, feels just so incredibly contagious, Michael, is... I'm really curious about what that kind of dialogue was like, and I'm sure, Cheryl, you're going to go there at some point. What that dialogue was really like when you approached the school board? Yeah, it was it was tough because you know, and I worked in about seven different school districts, uh, whether it was Chicago, Philadelphia, you know, Indianapolis public schools, and now you know in Madison, and you know, most school districts don't want to share data. Uh, most school districts, when you're trying to run programs in their buildings, you're a guest um, in their building. And then the third piece I would say is you have to have credibility in the marketplace because the last thing you want to do is start a program where teachers don't see the value that you bring, you know, to um, to uh, their school day. And so what we learned was to say, let's make sure that we can. Uh, raise enough resources through grants, through individual contributions, to make sure that if we come in, that we have the infrastructure that can back up the work that we want to do um, in these schools. And two, uh, one, one of the things that we had to do, which was a very tough conversation, was 
let's create a memorandum of understanding, a MOU, so we can be very clear on what um, the expectations are from Boys and Girls Club and what uh, our expectations are from the school district. And so there were some challenges around that, and mm-hmm. we worked through it. And then the, the, the third piece uh, was because, you know, most school districts get all of their funds or most of their funds from a tax base. Um, we had to share with them, like, if we're going to raise uh, this kind of money every single year, we have to agree on some shared outcomes. And particularly the challenge for us uh, was we wanted to serve those kids that – have not traditionally done well. And in our, in our school district, 87% of white students graduate, but when you look at students of color, uh, the numbers are extremely, um, um, uh, re- I'm going to say ridiculous. Right. And so so we, put, we put together a rubric, we put together MOU, we put together shared outcomes, and it took us about six months to work all that out. Yeah, and and my point, and I was hoping you'd talk about this, but you've described the process. But you know, I'm going to hand it back to you, Dr. G. But but those are some serious leadership skills that you had to go in there with. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I would say um, one of the things that we had to do because if, if you go in there as a long ranger, um, you, 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 people are going to take shots at you. So we spent some time um, building a very very strong board. Um, I also made sure that I recruited quality people, not only from our county, but uh, people from all across um, the United States to come work um, at our Boys and Girls Club. In fact, our new chief operating officer um, is the head of Columbia College in St. Louis, who's going to lead up all of our programs. Uh, But we had to have some very tough conversations with the school district, but we took a stance and pretty much said, look, you know, we can't get outcomes. We can't agree on goals. You know, um, we we were we were um, considering, you know, not uh, or we had at least an option on the table. To say, hey, if they if they don't want to do this, we're going to spend those resources somewhere else. Because here's our reality: as an after-school provider, uh, I can't transform these kids' lives if I'm only seeing them three or four hours a day after school. We have to see these kids during the school day. We have to see them on weekends. We have to see them in the evenings. But at the same time, we got to build relationships with both the public and the private sector to ensure that we're wrapping services around these kids because kids are dealing with so many different issues, and it's feel-good stuff they ain't going to get it anymore. Uh, and so these partnerships are very, very critical. And so like when I think about the bike route we just had on Saturday, we had 1,200 people that came to our bike ride, over 5,000 donations, uh, 51 companies that uh, recruited the 1,200 riders. That's a partnership where the local community invested through that venue to support the academic needs of our kids. And so when you're coming to the table, and, and for me, when you talk about strong partnerships, you have to uh, be seen as somebody in the community, one, that can deliver for kids, two, that can raise money for kids, and then three, has a, uh, a good reputation um, 
uh, for delivering results for kids. And I believe that my agency uh, in Dane County, we have a great reputation. We have delivered for kids. We raise money for kids. And we have over 125 partnerships with different organizations delivering resources and services for young people in our community. Right. So, you know, I want to uh, peel back. Um, Jenny, I think you asked some really good questions, and you started, Michael, down a good um, path with regards to kind of like discovering for those who are listening, like how do I go about engaging to develop these relationships that can result in greater impact in the community. And one of the things that kind of came through um, as I'm hearing this live case study, so, so to speak, unfold before me, is the clear vision. And what was interesting for me in the first segment, Michael talked about listening to the community and hearing over and over again what was the concern of the community. So the Boys and Girls Club um, and kind of doing their community assessment decided that, ah, this is something that we can rally around and that it's an important part of the vision that we want to move forward with. So you have this real clear vision, and then I, I also am picking apart and hearing, okay, so how is it about, what did you do in order to bring this clear vision to fruition? One of the things I heard you say is that you needed to have a strong board. Yep. So you need to have strong supporters um, relative to moving this thing forward. And in order to go to the school district or in order to go to whomever one's partnering with, you've got to build some credibility around what it is you're trying to do. So it's like, what do I need to do to develop credibility around what it is I'm trying to come to the table to do? And what was real important, you also talked about there had to be a whipment, like what's in it for, what's in it for them. Yeah. And so you were able to communicate, hey, here's what's in it for you. And to have a vision, to have passion, to have a strong board and have credibility, but not the resources to back what you're trying to do would be an obstacle. So you also have to think about kind of going back to that board, going back to yourself, how do I gain and raise the resources to back my being able to go to the table, not as someone who's asking for, but asking to partner with to achieve this, what we're trying to um to um, gain as an impact. I thought it was also interesting that you engaged your um, local university as a way of saying, hey, can you be our third-party entity that allows us to develop some clear measurements so that we can tell those or we can show those who are investing their money that there are some clear outcomes that has come from what we've done thus far, and now we're coming back to you for asking for more so that we can kind of keep this going. It's critical. Um, it's critical. It, and, and, yeah. if I could, and if I could just add this quick sound bite, yeah. I, I would say um, part of our uh, initial success is um, we do this employee engagement survey through uh, WIFLI. And every single year, I want to know how our workforce feel about the work that we do. The first year I got there, this company does 11,000 surveys across the country among nonprofits and for-profits, and we rank in the lower percentile. And if you Google Boys and Girls Club of Dane County, uh, and um, uh, work, I think it's called Quantum Workplace Study, you will see that we're in the top percentile now. Mm-hmm. And so we listened to our staff. We got feedback from them. We asked them to bring issues to the forefront, but also come with um, with resolutions. And then the final piece uh, are three other critical pieces, building a strong volunteer base, um, making sure that you have qualified staff. Uh, two, uh, we have a culture in our agencies that we don't like to reach goals. We want to exceed our goals. 
And so when you, for me, uh, when you set up a system where I hope we hit our goal, we hope we get there, our mindset is like, you know, we don't want to hope, we don't want to meet, we want to exceed. And our kids, in so many communities across the country, um, we set low standards for young people, particularly in at-risk, underserved communities, and we have to raise the bar and I would encourage to your listeners, whether you're running a nonprofit, if you're on the on a board. I came into an agency that uh, our facilities was dark; they were gloomy, and and pretty much we put the axe out there and said, "Here's the vision. Here's how you can get around the vision." And I went to with board members, with staff, and said, "If we can go to barbecues, picnics, with any place where folks would give us a microphone." We want to scream and rally support around these kids. And I would say, in all the communities I have worked in, and I worked in five or six different cities, that if you put the ask out there, if people believe in your leadership, if your agency is doing the things that you say that you're going to do, um, I'm confident from my experience, if those ingredients are in place, that over time people will come and support, um, uh, whether it's young people or families or seniors that you're serving. You put the ask out there, people want to find a way to give back. Ray, great note for us to transition to a break on. So many fabulous kernels that we're going to pull out of that and everything from employee engagement to really that whole attitude of of um, exceeding goals that are established. Um, Valerie, when we come back, we're going to ask you to just share with us some of the questions you've received from our listening audience. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, continuing the conversation. I know before we went to break, Michael had continued to share some of the fabulous case study that he's bringing to us today on collaborations and strategic partnerships. Jenny or Valerie, are there any um, ahas that came from or just things that you would underscore around principles or thoughts uh, relative to um, strategic partnerships? I, I think one of the things Michael talked about uh, was the credibility of leadership. Um, and having had a very similar experience as Michael in terms of working with an organization that um, I addressed the issues, ironically was addressing very similar issues back in 1989 where we worked with the school district, um, credibility of your leaders was really, really important. It, everything rises and falls on leadership because once there are issues with leadership, the whole thing can fall apart. So I think you, you want to highlight uh, whether it's board leadership or the leadership of the executive, uh, both in terms of demonstrating success in the work you've done uh, and the ability to work with and unite a community around this issue. Uh, I think that's very important. Yeah. And if I can add to that, I think leadership is up and down the organization. Yes. Uh, and to your point, that was a great point from the board to the executive to uh, the executive staff down to the program staff. Yes. Uh, our, our leadership uh, is recognized throughout the community, and so we try to find ways to uh, recognize our volunteers, to recognize our staff, to tell our story. So it's a great way so whether it's through the chamber or through the Rotary Clubs, uh, how can you nominate your people? And, and some people say, you know, I don't want to be recognized. But, you know, uh, it's how I look at it. My mother always uh, taught me to say thank you to people. And if there's a way that you can thank your volunteers and your staff, I personally like to do it publicly. And if I can do it through other organizations, it's a great way for you to, one, tell the story of your organization, and then, two, it's a great way to recognize the work of that volunteer or that key leader in your organization for what he or she does. Yeah, I love that, Michael, and I absolutely in, um, enjoyed hearing about the employee engagement part of um of your journey, and I thought it was fabulous. Another story of perseverance, um, as you talked about, the initial employee um, surveys weren't, um, the climate surveys weren't that favorable, but then you 
heard from them and decided, you know, what could we do to kind of turn this around and now you have them fully engaged. I think as we move into the community, every organization has to really understand and embrace this concept that branding begins with our employees. That's right. The employees don't feel good about their home. And I say their home, they don't feel good about the organization that they're working with. Then that story is not going to support what it is we're trying to accomplish as leaders within the organization um, endeavoring to serve the community. But when you have all of your employees on board and they have a positive testimony, um, then they become such added value to the brand as well. Uh, Jenny, any successes that you would want to underscore and add? Valerie, thank you for yours. Well, I, I, you know, the one thing that's really stuck out for me in this conversation is how much risk risk there is in being a leader. And we tend to think of risk as always a negative kind of thing, but sometimes risk can be really positive, kind of taking that initial step. Sometimes it's purely a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think some of my most successful collaborations have come from, you know, I'm going to take a deep breath and take this leap and hopefully grow wings on the way down, but if I don't do this, then look how many potential impacted people or clients they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so risk for me, I think, is something that really stands out. And, and the times I've taken risk have been usually my most successful collaborations. Yeah, love that. And I, and I enjoyed, again, um, Michael in his story telling of, of his uh, situation, it was, well, if they don't want to collaborate with us, if they don't want to do this, then, hey, we're going to find someone else who will because mm-hmm. we're committed to making this happen. So, um, you know, there was no, when you approach the school district or anyone else to partner with you, there's no 100%, yeah, they're going to be willing to do this, but taking the risk. And and the other piece that kind of on the tip of my tongue that I heard Michael say was being willing to make the ask, putting the ask out there because sometimes, sometimes we don't receive because we're not asking. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. and I'll, give, I'll give you another example of like we have a credit union inside of our Boys and Girls Club, an actual financial institution that's a separate, um, uh, is, it has its own separate board of directors. We have a branch manager. You go into low-income communities, and you see check cash in places everywhere. We want these kids to learn about uh, financial literacy, you know, as early as third grade, and learn about stocks and bonds. And so we ended up partnering with an organization called Summit Credit Union. They had they had the expertise, they had the infrastructure, and they funded. And then we partnered with the Home Depot to build out the actual credit union inside of our Boys and Girls Club. And as a result. Uh, we have 580 kids with accounts. The average kid has about $21 and can max out up to 500 Some kids have gotten so smart, they have put in accounts in their sisters' names, their brothers' names, and then <laughs> the local credit, uh, Summit Credit Union here in town give the kids a 5% return on what they invest in those accounts. And so partnerships like that, if I had to pay the salary of a branch manager and the technology associated with that, it just wouldn't happen. So partnerships like that bring value to not only organization, but it bring value to the kids and it bring added value to um, to the community. And then the final piece I'll say, when you talk about acts, um, across this country, uh, there's about $300 billion that's given every year to local charities. And most people think that uh, a lot of that money comes from corporations, and in fact, it don't. 
of that uh, $300 billion, $211 billion come from individual contributions. And so we have to be willing as nonprofit leaders to, uh, and some do it extremely well, some can do better, and some just don't get it at all. Uh, we have to get out of our offices. We have to be out in the community. We have to be meeting with people, uh, telling our um, whoever we're serving, whoever our constituents are, uh, out there campaigning uh, and working for uh, your constituents like it's no tomorrow. And, uh, and 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 I just don't allow people to say no to me. And sometimes they do. Uh, and but I always try to figure out a way to uh, get them to invest and not. Big and not donate because, like, donations, I don't want a donation. I want you to invest in the lives of these kids. And then when you talk about risk, I take calculated risk. And uh, and I also recognize that for what much, much is given, much is due. And so when the community do and when individual contra- contributors invest in your programs, you then got to deliver and you got to show what the return on that investment is. Wonderful. Thank you. With that, you Valerie, know, mm-hmm. oh, did I hear your voice, Jenny? That was me. Dr. Oh, Valerie, okay. Yeah, one of the things I want to raise from what Michael's talking about mm-hmm. as well, that he is key to fundraising uh, as the executive, the leader, but also fundraising is storytelling, and a lot of organizations don't get that, so they don't have their story together. They, be, they still operate off of the deficit model. People want to know where you're going, what's the strength, what's the future going to be of my investment, uh, as opposed to how you know, poor these children are and how bad off they have it. They want to know their potential and that, in fact, if I invest, that I can expect this child to do what you say he's going to do. And part of that is the way you tell the story. Um, any fundraiser who's doing training will tell you you got to get a good story and tell the story consistently. So I think Michael hit on something really huge is that people resonate with your story and mm-hmm. your plight and how well you tell the story. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. So share that vision, that aspiration. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. want to make sure we get some of those questions from our listening audience, Valerie. Do you have one that you'd like to share? Sure. Mm-hmm. I have one um, that from, from Maryland and Arizona. It says, when you begin discussions with these um, partnerships, when you began discussions on these partnerships with other organizations, did you begin informal contractual agreements, or is it done with a handshake and trust perspective? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, it depends. If it's like a one-day special event, you know, if, if, if the organization is a credible organization, I'll do it on a handshake. If it's a more formal, programmatic uh, partnership, uh, I'm not going to do it without an MOU because leaders change, program people change, and unfortunately, sometimes people catch amnesia, and uh, you agree to things up front, and then people uh, forget real fast uh, when it's something that they, they're supposed to do. So I always try to put things in writing, and we have a standard uh, MOU, uh, Memorandum of Understanding, that we put together that is a basic template, and then we try to work out the terms I'll prefer to do all that work on the front end than to start a partnership and end up um, uh, uh, hurting a relationship with a key partner because you were not clear on what the expectations are. So I would say 90% of the time, 
I would prefer to go with a memorandum of understanding right. just to make sure we're all on mm-hmm. the same page. Good. Excellent. Um, Jenny, anything you want to add? No, not at this time. I want to hear the other question. Yeah, okay. Another question, Valerie. Sure. Um, this question comes from Janice in Florida. Janice says, I'm an executive director working with migrant and recent immigrants in Florida. We currently work with several governmental agencies where we refer clients for services we don't provide. We also work with several agents, other agencies to extend services to clients. What are the most critical considerations I should take into account as our organization assesses ways of increasing community partnerships? Hmm, critical considerations. Yeah, you want me to take that on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go for it, Michael. Yeah, so um, I would say it goes back to the storytelling of those organizations that uh, this organization is partnering with. It almost kind of remind me of United Way. United Way and most uh, communities don't provide direct services, but they have organizations like ours that do provide direct services. So how do you tell the stories of those organizations? Then how do you build a case for the work that you do that bring value to uh, those organizations? Now, what I would say is that most donors do not want to find, uh, hey, help us get out of our deficit, we're struggling. But how do you as a uh, a service provider or a service partner convey a message to how your partnership is going to improve the quality of life for your constituents and your community. So I think it goes back to that storytelling. It goes back to uh, your vision and your strategic plan. There's three pieces I like to do uh, for so, an agency Michael, that I lead. I'm yep. going to have to go to break. So what I'm going to do is I still want to hear those. So I'm going to say we're going to put a comma right there. <laughs> and right. when we return, Michael's going to finish telling you um, what he has to share on this particular item. Marilyn from Arizona, thank you also for your question. We'll see if we can take more in our next segment. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Michael, before we went to break, you had three more points you wanted to share with Janice. Love to hear them. Absolutely. Let me just first say I love the intro music uh, coming <laughs> in. Makes me want to get up and dance. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> it's my favorite, too. I love it, too. I, I love yeah. it. But I know we're running out of town, so let me, uh, let, me, let me get right to it. So I would say that every nonprofit organization should come up with one goal not your mission statement, not your vision statement. We call it a BHAG, Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. What's the big goal that everybody in your organization can repeat? For hours, it's 90% of our kids graduate from high school and receive a post-secondary education. Two, I think every uh, nonprofit should have a motto that, that can resonate with people in the community. And I'll give a quick example. For Boys and Girls Clubs, it's great future start here. And we drill that, and we drill that throughout the community so people remember that that's our tagline. And if you remember in the last presidential race, now, I'm an apolitical guy. We're an apolitical organization. But if you remember, there was one candidate that had a tagline was, you remember? Anybody? Yes, I what? Yes, I can. All right, and then you had another candidate. Do you remember what his tagline is or was? Mm-mm. All right, my point exactly. <laughs> and so, so, so as, as, as nonprofit leaders, we have to uh, make sure that people know why we exist, what our vision is, and what our big, hairy, audacious goal is. And so when they see great future start here, or like if you look at United Way, there's Live United. You know, your organization has to have that kind of tagline, too, so people can associate uh, your work with those key phrases and can articulate uh, why you exist. And there's a lot of nonprofits I know do good work with, um, with young people and families, but if you were to ask me what they do, some I can tell you and some I would be clueless. So, Michael, I got two things. I got the BHAG and the model. What was the third? Uh, so the uh, the big the BHAG, the uh, motto, and then the third one is the strategic plan. Oh, gotcha. You, you and okay. I didn't mention that. So you have to uh, have a strategic plan that the community, your board, and your staff. Uh, we'll buy into it. And we spent about six months putting our hours together. We we had all-day retreats. Matter of fact, 16 days of retreats with our board, with our leadership team, with our staff, because I didn't want this to be Michael Johnson's plan. We wanted this to be a living document that will um, that that our entire agency, including our donors and our partners, uh, will support. And there was people in the community saying our goal is to raise $15 million over the next uh, six years, not no no capital campaigns. We want to raise fifteen million dollars in programmatic dollars to support uh, kids in our community. And uh, we we came out with that campaign or announced it 
Um, uh, five months ago, we brought in Ruben Stutter. We brought in Jackie Jordan Kersey, and we have raised uh, in six months about three point five million of that fifteen uh, million so far. Awesome! Thank you so much, Janice. Thank you for your call. I mean, for your um, question from Florida. We appreciate that, Mike. I appreciate your response, um, Valerie or um, Jenny. Was there anything you wanted to add to Janice? The the um I guess the thing, and it was mentioned earlier, is also the storytelling piece, and we've all been alluding to it, but I know we're, for example, going to be spending an entire day at a board retreat in October, and we're just going to be focusing on storytelling to get that tagline, to get the way that we can really empassion people about how to get on board and how they can help. Yeah. Wonderful. You know, the other thought that came to mind, Janice, for me also was in kind of figuring out what are critical considerations with regards to who your community partners might be. Might be looking for ways to expand services, things that will complement what you do, not necessarily duplicating unless you're looking for a greater force to do that which you do. It was just a um, fleeting thought that came to mind. Um, would love to hear from you. Our little, I guess this is our... Um, Pierce Morgan question. I think what's Pierce's question? Have you ever been what um, something in love? <laughs> Pierce, we're not going to ask you that, though, Michael. No, but we're not going to ask you that. <laughs> Our question to you is: um, Who do you admire most as a leader, and why? Well, there's a uh, there's a few people. I would say um, I'm going to go back to my old supervisor, um, Paul Vallis. Uh, if you Google him, he's the superintendent of schools in Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut. And there's some controversy surrounding him now uh, as the school superintendent there. But he's the school superintendent in Chicago, Philadelphia, New Orleans. And he is somebody that is a trailblazer. He is somebody that cares deeply about kids. And he is somebody that will run up against anybody. I don't care who it is to bring resources to support uh, young people um, in our community. So I worked with him for about eight years and learned a lot uh, from from him, and I just absolutely uh, adore him. On the private side, I would say is Michael Roberts. He's a African American billionaire out of uh, St. Louis. He was featured on CNN as uh, as if you Google him. Uh, they did a story on him. Uh, um, uh, his billionaire, African American billionaire brothers. These were two guys that came out of North St. Louis, uh, started a billion dollar empire on, on 76 different companies, and, uh, and have done some really innovative things. And um, every time I have had a fundraiser uh, or asked for his support, he's, he has always been there. Um, for the young people that I've been responsible for serving. So those two guys are two key mentors that I look up to. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Michael, if people want to get in touch with you, how might they do that or read more about your what you guys are doing there in Dane County? Is there a website or contact yeah. information? Yeah, so if they go to uh, www. Um, uh, B, BGC, that's Boy Girl Club, DC.org. Uh, my office number is on there, so that's Boy Girl Club, DC.org. Uh, or if they just Google, uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County and go to our website, they'll see, um, all of my contact information on, uh, where it says, uh, our leadership or contact, um, us. 
um, I travel all over the country um, talking to uh, nonprofit leaders and doing commencement speeches. And so there's someone that's interested in me coming to uh, their local neighborhood. Uh, I'll be more than willing to have a conversation with them. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Michael. Jenny, you want to provide your website information? Sure. We're at Elper Jewish Family and Children's Service in West Palm Beach, providing services to, depending on the service, to Palm Beach County. And our website is www.jfcsonlineoneword.com. So it stands for Jewish Family Children's Service Online.com. Great. And Valerie, how about yourself? You want to give us your contact information as well at Right Ideals Unlimited? Sure. As Dr. G said, uh, uh, I'm CEO Right Ideas Unlimited, and Right is spelled W-R-I-G-H-T. Our website is rightideasunlimited.com. We are an um, organization development and business consulting company here in West Palm Beach. Fabulous. And I am with uh, Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. You can find us at www.neighborhoodhouse.org. And I work with our um, training and organization development department. You can find us also at Innovisions, www.innovisions.org. Thank you so much for tuning in to Leadership Matters uh, this week. We have certainly enjoyed hearing from Michael, Jenny, and Valerie, and appreciated the um, emails from our listening audience as well. Please stay with us on uh, every Wednesday. Tune in. You can also download our um, segments at any time by clicking through the Voice America's website or those e-cards. If you haven't received an e-card, you can also go to innervisions.org and just look through the directory and it will take you to the main page on the Voice American uh, page. And you can, again, download any of the shows at any time uh, at no cost. So uh, join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.